Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Thought I'd try out a little bit, something a little different today. Joe Biden is on vacation. Just fix my collar. Otherwise, I'll look bad. Joe Biden's on vacation today, so I figure I will try and channel a little vacation. Joe Biden just went to Delaware on vacation. It's not like there's a lot going on. It's not like he would be better served being at the White House. No, he's on vacation. Um, So I'm going to wear my Tommy Bahama shirt. And try and channel some of Joe Biden's vacation into these two hours. Because God have the last few days been very, very stressful. Very, very stressful. So it, we're taking more callers today. 888-441-1121 is our number. Going to try in the second hour to get a little bit off of Afghanistan. But there's so much falling apart. It's Every time we try to talk about other topics, it just Biden does more stupid things. It is more crazy things. So we'll try. We'll try and talk in the second hour about some other things, such as New York's mass uh, vaccine mandate that went into effect this week. Um, but for the for the first part, at least, talking about <clears throat> Afghanistan. And my goodness, you know why the White House kept Joe Biden away from the cameras for six days? He did an interview last night with George Stephanopoulos on what ABC, and it was a disaster. It was a train wreck. It, 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 you know, you saw exactly why the smart people in his administration, which still that is that's debatable right there, are doing everything they can to keep him away from the press, away from cameras and away from answering questions. So we're going to play a few of those clips as well as the new clips from Biden's other press secretaries. And here's the thing. The press secretaries aren't doing a better job. It'd be one thing if Joe Biden's like a bumbling idiot, which he is, and then he hires really good people, really talented people who can answer questions well to answer questions on his behalf. That's what the press secretary is supposed to do. But the press secretaries are even worse, which is stunning. Stunning. They're even worse than Joe Biden. So we'll play a a few of those as well. Make sure you give us a thumbs up on Facebook. Make sure you like the video. And if you're watching on any other platforms, make sure you share it as well. We're live on Facebook, conservative-daily.com. DLive, Twitch, and Clout Hub. So make sure you check us out there if you haven't already. Okay. Let's start with let's start with uh with these clips. Let's start with these clips. Oh, it, it's it's showing to me that Facebook hasn't started yet. No, we were live on Facebook. That's weird. I pushed go live on Facebook, but I don't think it we were live on time. That's very strange. Uh it says green on my end. Oh, okay. Well, that's very strange. I apologize to everyone waiting on Facebook. Uh, for whatever reason, Facebook didn't have us go live for the first couple minutes. Um, Biden's falling apart. Quick recap over what I was just saying. Biden's falling apart. His press secretaries aren't much better. And uh, and we're going to get into all that. So make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you like and make sure you share the videos on all of the platforms. Okay, let's get right into this because we have a lot of cuts. We have a lot of cuts today. This is a statement that is perhaps so dumb. I mean, 
I'm shocked it hasn't been going around social media more. I mean, they're the they're the things that we're going to hear from Joe Biden's interview yesterday. Like the oh, people falling out of airplanes. That was four or five days ago. I we're going to play those, but this one is truly idiotic, and how it is not being being aired everywhere. I have no idea. This is Joe Biden saying that he believes the Taliban is going through an existential crisis right now. Let's play cut number zero. What happens now in Afghanistan? Do you believe the Taliban have changed? No. I think, let me put it this way. I think they're going through sort of an existential crisis about do they want to be recognized by the international community as being a legitimate government? I'm not sure they do. But look, they have... They care they, about their beliefs more. Well, they do. But they also care about whether they have food to eat, whether they have an income that can make any money and run an economy. They care about whether or not they can hold together the society that they, in fact, say they care so much about. I'm not counting on any of that. But that is part of what I think is going on right now in terms of, I, I'm not sure I would have predicted, George, nor would you or anyone else, that when we decided to leave, that they'd provide safe passage for Americans to get out. But they're not. They're not doing those things. I mean, this man is living in his own little world. No, they are not worrying about how they're going to have an economy. They are not. 47% of the men in Afghanistan can read. 15% of the women can read. The Taliban, I would imagine it's a smaller percentage because they're not really the urbanites. There's lots of reportings of the Taliban going into Kabul and being shocked because they haven't been there in 20 years, seeing malls and skyscrapers. These are not learned people coming to take over Afghanistan. They are, they are, <laughs> they live in the mountains, right? They live in the, in the, in the fields. They're goat herders. They're not, they're not, they don't care about the economy. They're not having an existential crisis. They just want a civil war. What kind of fool goes through this kind of withdrawal from Afghanistan, completely bungles it, bungles it, and then turns around and says, you know what? I think the Taliban are having an existential crisis. No, the United States people should be having an existential crisis right now, trying to figure out how the hell do we get this idiot out of office before any, anything else happens? That's the existential crisis because we won't exist much longer if Joe Biden's allowed to run the rest of our economy into the ground and, and able to implement the rest of his policies. Realize this has been seven months. Joe Biden has destroyed this country Abandoned Afghanistan. It only took him seven months. The, barba the barbarians are literally at the gate. And this guy's like, oh, well, they're having an existential crisis. No. To the victor goes the spoils. It's beyond stupid. Beyond stupid. This next clip, Joe Biden finally admits that the intelligence predicted that the Taliban would take over. But he still says he was not lying when he said it was highly unlikely. Let's go ahead and play cut number one. Back in July, you said a Taliban takeover was highly unlikely. Was the intelligence wrong or did you downplay it? I think uh, there was no consensus. If you go back and look at the intelligence reports, they said that it was like more likely to be sometime by the end of the year. You didn't put a timeline out when you said it was highly unlikely. You just said flat out it's highly unlikely the Taliban would take over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, highly unlikely. He's nah, full of crap. There was, there was no consensus. Wait, this is how he plays word, word games. 
there was no consensus on how long it would take for Afghanistan to collapse and for the Taliban to take over. But there was consensus that the Taliban would take over. Broad consensus in the intel community. We're hearing that through leaks, through other reporting. There just wasn't consensus on how long it would take. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Kudos to George Stephanopoulos for pressing him on it and saying, you didn't give a timetable. You just said it was highly unlikely. Problem is, Stephanopoulos didn't keep pressing. He, he allows him to just lie his way out of these questions. I'm just, <laughs> this is why they did not let Joe Biden get in front of a camera for six days. And this is why Kamala Harris, pretty smart of her to avoid it like the plague. So this is the clip everyone's playing. The clip everyone's playing. Biden dismisses. He's, so Stephanopoulos is the first person to actually get Joe Biden to respond to the fact that there were Afghans falling to their death from U.S. Air Force cargo planes. As we've covered, there have been reporters shouting that question at Joe Biden at all of his press conferences, trying to get him to react. He's ignored it. Stephanopoulos sat him down and finally asked the question. And Joe Biden's response, <laughs> heartless? No, no, no. What's the word? Tell me the word in, in the comment section. What's the word to describe this Joe Biden response to people falling to their death, trying to cling to cargo planes to escape the Taliban? We'll play it, and I want, I want to know what, what you think the best word to describe it is. Let's play cut number two. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? That was four days ago, five days ago. What? What do you think about the people falling to their death? That was five days ago. Yeah, you've been hiding for six. So yeah, we're asking you about this. You see, you, you little, look a little bit into Joe Biden's mind and how he's treating his, his vacation, his attempt to hide from the cameras. He actually believes that if he hides for a week, the minute someone asks him the question, he can say, oh, that was a week ago. It doesn't work like that. When you hide from the cameras, those questions are going to catch up to you. You don't get to run out the clock when you're the leader of the free world, when you're the commander in chief, when you're occupying the Oval Office. There's no running off out the clock. There's no save by the bell. You don't get to just wait it out and then say, oh, well, you don't get to ask that question. That was five days ago. People were falling to their death. It was five days ago. I want to play the full clip. And I apologize, Mr. Producer. Uh, it's a little out of order. We're going to play cut number four. This is the full clip because that last one cut off a little early. I want to give you the full context of it. Let's play cut number four. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government, getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country. When you saw the significant collapse of the, of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this, it, it, that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17, we've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we're, we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled 
better in any way? No mistakes? No. Okay. I, 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 um, we're going to play that next clip in a little bit. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin that. But so what, what did you think when you saw those? The correct answer is, wow, what, what a heartbreaking image. Instead, he says, oh, what told me we need to secure the airport. And that's exactly what we did. We'll show you in a bit the latest clips from the airport. Not at all secure. Not at all secure. But lots of people in the DLive comment section are mentioning that this reminds them of something. This, well, that was five days ago. That was four or five days ago. It reminds them of another moment in recent American history. Let's play cut number five. What difference at this point does it make? Yep. Yep. Same playbook. Same playbook. What difference does it make if, if human beings are falling from the sky and falling to their death? What difference does it make that there are people being beaten and killed in the streets 12 feet, 20 feet away from the walls of the airport? What difference does it make? That was four or five days ago, man. <laughs> that was four or five days ago. Except it, it, it wasn't. It was, it was two. Two or three. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then this moment, this moment, I had to watch it again to make sure it wasn't deceptively edited. I didn't want to get caught under one of those Twitter, oh, this is deceptively edited media. I didn't want to get caught with that. So I had to make sure this was real. And it was real. Joe Biden on camera said, lied, right? He said that no one's being killed. And then he quite literally knocked on wood. The leader of the free world, the president of the United States, commander in chief, went on camera and knocked on wood that no one would die. Let's play it. Cut number three. It took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is. But look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me for if I'm wrong about that. But no one's being killed right now. People are, we got a thousand somewhere, 1,200 out yesterday, a couple thousand a day, and it's increasing. We're going to get those people out. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days yeah. ago. I cut it. So, yeah, he literally knocked on wood. He said, God help me if I'm wrong. Well, he's wrong. People are dying. People absolutely are dying. We'll play some of those clips a little bit. Taliban fighters are walking around with bullwhips and whipping people in the street right next to the airport. Right next to the airport. I mean, th this reminds me of Rwanda. Anyone who's ever studied the Rwandan genocide, you know that it was very much preventable. There were UN troops on the ground in Rwanda who could have prevented it. But the orders came down from up on high in the United Nations, ordering them not to intervene unless they were fired upon. So what you had in Rwanda was armed, locked and loaded UN troops watching civilians being butchered in the streets, cut down with machetes, shot with 50 caliber and large caliber weapons from on the back of pickup trucks. And the UN soldiers watched. They watched because they weren't allowed to do anything. Well, I'm, what we'll show you in a little bit is the same thing is happening at the airport. Joe Biden will not allow the soldiers to leave the airport to go and save people. No, instead, the military is asking the Taliban to disperse the crowd around the airport. And as we'll show you, they're using whips, they're using guns, they're using bats, sticks, clubs. It's unbelievable. But you yeah, know, this is this is this is Rwanda.
We have the ability to put a stop to this. We absolutely have the ability to put a stop to this. If we don't have the ability to put a stop to this, then why the hell are we spending more than the rest of the world's militaries combined every year on a defense budget? That's true. Right now, our defense budget is more than every other country combined. You look at the little pie graph, the United States is half of the graph, half of the pie chart. What, what's the use of, of all of these, these drones and all this technology? What's the use of it if, we're not, if we can't use it? If a bunch of goat herders can march into Kabul and all of a sudden, not, not, we're stuck in the airport, man. We're stuck. We're stuck. Can't do it. Sorry, they're going to have to find a way to get there themselves. Really, really despicable. But we're not done. We're not done with Joe Biden in his, in his disastrous interview. Not even close to done. Here, Joe Biden falsely claimed that there are no U.S. soldiers in Syria. Let's play cut number six. And we have maintained the ability to have an over-the-horizon capability to take them out. We don't have a military in Syria to make sure that we're going to be protected. Uh, that's false. That's false. You would hope the commander in chief would know that. There's about 900 some odd troops that we know about. I'm sure there's some on clandestine missions and things like that, but there's 900 uh, American troops roughly in Syria right now. Commander in chief says there's zero. He's going to go out on a limb and say maybe the response to Afghanistan shouldn't be led by a guy who quite literally doesn't know where our troops are. And again, this calls into question. What is Joe Biden doing when he's reading his presidential daily brief, his PD, PDB, every morning? Because that's the only thing on his calendar these days. Getting briefed, getting briefed, getting briefed, getting briefed. How can you spend your whole day getting briefed and say something like that? How? It makes no sense. Except for the fact that you realize that President Applesauce is sleeping the day away. He's not leading the country. Other people are doing that. And as we'll see in a little bit, they're not doing a much better job. The last clip, I'm not, I don't want to keep playing Biden. Because, listen, I'm wearing the Tommy Bahama shirt trying to channel Joe Biden's vacation into today's episode because he's on vacation right now. He was on vacation. He went to Camp David. Uh, let's make sure we get this straight because I, I want to make sure everyone understands. He went to Camp David on vacation. Afghanistan collapsed. He then flew back to the White House to give a speech. Then he went back on vacation. Right? Then he went back to the White House. And now he's in Delaware on vacation. Lots of vacation. Lots of vacation. Just want to make sure we all understand that Joe Biden is not actually doing the job. And quite frankly, I've said this before, I don't know what's, what would be worse, Joe Biden doing the job or Joe Biden not doing the job. Not entirely sure. But it's, he, either way, he's not doing the job. Here is something we've been saying for a couple of days. And we've been paraphrasing it. Basically saying Joe Biden says he's been doing an excellent job. And if he could do it again, he'd do it the exact same way. He never uttered those words. That's been a power. We've been paraphrasing it. He said things very similar. Like, yeah, I'm proud of how we did it. This was the only way to do it. He never uttered the words, though, that if you could do it again, he'd do it. But last night, he quite literally said that this withdrawal from Afghanistan couldn't have been handled better. Yeah, he actually said it. Let's play cut seven. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? 
Yes. Ha! Don't know how that happens. The best way could have been done. And he says, yeah, sure, there'll be a time when we go back and look in hindsight. No, this is ongoing. He didn't withdraw. The withdrawal's not done. This is ongoing. He's trying to, it's a very crafty political way of addressing the problem. He said, listen, I'm, we're not going to play Monday morning quarterback. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're just going to keep moving forward. That's basically what he's saying. There'll be a time and people will look back and question. But no, this is happening right now. The withdrawal is not done. And he's saying, oh, we're bringing 1,000, 2,000 people out. The majority of them are Afghans because the Americans can't get to the airport because there are checkpoints. And the Taliban have these armed militiamen manning checkpoints. And if you show them an American passport, you're probably dead. It's unbelievable. He said, oh, no, no, this is the, be the best way. Couldn't have done it any better. Couldn't have done it any better. Well, apparently... <laughs> The Trump administration had a plan. This was coming out just yesterday. They had a plan for this kind of stuff. What to do when a country collapsed, an embassy was taken order, over, how to rapidly react. It was basically a response to Benghazi and to other attacks on U.S. consulates and embassies, like the one uh, perpetrated by Soleimani. It was a plan. Let's jump ahead, Mr. Bush. We're going to put up image number five. Image number five. Under the Trump administration, they created this Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau. The Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau. And let's keep this up so people can see it. What the Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau was supposed to do was to manage the logistics of hasty withdrawals and reactionary forces when Americans are stuck behind enemy lines and countries collapse and embassies are taking over, things like that. Basically, this is a modern day response to something like the Tehran um, hostage crisis or Benghazi. Right. This was the part of the government that was supposed to respond to this. This sensitive but unclassified just got leaked yesterday. June 11th, 2021, action memo for the secretary from Deputy Secretary Brian P. McKeon, subject, Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau. His recommendations that you direct the discontinuation of the establishment and termination of the Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau and direct further review of certain associated department requirements and capabilities that you direct, and then his other recommendation, that you direct the discontinuation of the establishment and termination of CCR consistent with the applicable legal requirements, necessary stakeholder engagement, and any applicable changes to the Foreign Affairs Manual and other requirements. Approve, disapprove by whatever date. Decision, check mark, approve. Checkmark approve. So there was a, listen, Donald Trump, remember when they went after Trump and they said, oh, you, you destroyed, you dismantled the, the pandemic response team. And that was a whole thing that Obama had created this whole pandemic response and Trump had dismantled it. Well, no, what he did was he moved those responsibilities into other agencies. It wasn't a standalone office, moved it to other agencies. What Biden quite literally did, it was disband the Trump administration plan policy bureau designed to respond to rapid collapses with Afghan, like what we're seeing in Afghanistan. So when you hear Biden say, oh, we couldn't have done any better, he's technically correct because he, his administration had just abolished the system that would have done it better. And listen, it's not hard to do it better than this. It's not harder to do it better than this. Because they're not even trying. They're not even trying. But yeah, that happened. 
So God forbid Americans die. God forbid Americans are taken hostage, taken captive. God forbid. That blood is firmly on Joe Biden's hands. It wasn't some lower official. It was an undersecretary. It's a political appointee. Got rid of the plan to evacuate people in times of crisis. I'll tell you, Joe Biden doesn't seem to care about evacuating people in times of crisis, but we care, which is why we've partnered with Air Med Care Network to help you should you ever need to be medevaced to a hospital by helicopter. It's not cheap. And we don't get to control when it happens. If a medical emergency strikes, you don't get to control how you get to the hospital. And you'd be surprised. It's not just people who are off hiking or lost on a mountaintop. Lots of people in the suburbs and even cities get medevaced to hospitals when traffic's really bad. And it can cost upwards of 60 grand. Well, that's why Air MedCare Network offers their plans. For just $85, you'll get coverage for your entire household should any of you ever need to be airlifted for a medical emergency. It's less if you're a senior citizen though it's not a household, then it's just you and your spouse. But if, if you want to cover your household, it's also less if you buy three or five years at a time. And as long as you're flown by an AMC provider and they fly over 100,000 patients a year, you won't pay one cent for that flight. So don't do what Joe Biden did. Prepare. Prepare. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Go to the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, and you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card, depending on how many years you sign up for. So let's keep going through this. That was, I think we're done. We're done with Biden. Yeah, we're done with Biden. I don't want to watch. You can watch more if you want to watch more, but it was, it was a disaster. That's why they were hiding him from the press. Complete disaster. Now here is the Biden State Department number two, Wendy Sherman. And Wendy Sherman, she doesn't seem all that confident that they're going to get all the Americans out of Kabul. Because they're not. They're not going to get all the Americans out of Kabul. And they say that no government could possibly have gotten their citizens out of Kabul. Let's jump ahead. We're going to play cut number eight. I'm wondering about this security alert that went out to Americans just recently. Um, It said that the U.S. cannot ensure safe passage to the airport for those Americans. So I'm wondering what this says about the competency of this mission and also the U.S. confidence in the Taliban's commitment to provide a safe passage to the airport that you're telling these Americans, you can go to the airport if you want, but you're not necessarily going to get there safely. Uh, First of all, um, we had many, many, many Americans uh, show up Uh, when the notice went out. All Americans have now been notified to the extent we have them on our email system. Americans are not required to register with the State Department. So the only emails we have are those Americans who signed up with our system. We've also put it on our website. We've also made public announcements. Ned has from the podium to try to make sure American citizens know they have this option. The uh, Taliban made a commitment uh, to safe passage for American citizens I don't know of, my colleagues may know of, an incident where an American got harassed or hustled or wasn't able to get to the airport. I have not heard of that yet. That's not to say there aren't any stories like that. I'm sure out there somewhere, given everything that's going on, there probably may be some. Uh, But so far, it appears Americans have been able to get to the airport. You know, Kabul, I don't know if you've ever been there, is an enormous city. Enormous. And it has... um, uh, 
in fact, uh, had more and more people come to Kabul because they thought it was the safest place to be in Afghanistan. Uh, so it is difficult under any circumstances, and I don't know of any uh, government that would be capable of reaching out to where everybody might be, particularly those who have not signed up to us to help them. As I said, uh, so far, uh, the track record is quite good uh, for Americans getting uh, to HKIA, and it appears that the Taliban's commitment for safe passage for American citizens uh, has been solid. Again, I don't know every case, uh, so I'm not making a uh, bottom line assessment here. Uh, but so far, the experience seems to be She's one lying. that has worked. She's just lying. All right, let's break this down a little bit. Let's break this down a little bit. She's saying... She's lying. We're going to play clips of, of them literally beating people in the streets, whipping them. It's just not true in any way, shape, or form. But when she says, let's deal with this main claim, that no country, that Kabul is a big place, no country would be able to get their people out. Mr. Producer, put up image one. This was news that was breaking yesterday. Image number one, British paratroopers have now started conducting patrols from Kabul airport into the city's myriad and dusty streets to pick up an estimated and pre-identified 6,000 British and Afghan civilians to evacuate. So if the British can do it, why can't the Americans do it? So they're, they're hiding behind this, this whole notion that, oh no, it's a big place, we can't go out. We can't go out there. And the British have been doing it for days, sending their paratroopers out. Listen, British SAS, you know, they don't mess around, right? But they're no better than American special forces. They don't have any special skills that make it easier for them to go through the streets of Kabul. No, if they can do it, we can do it. So we now live in a, in a world where the British can get their citizens out, but Americans can't. American military can't. Actually, it's more, more likely the American military is not being allowed to. If I had to guess... They're probably trying to avoid a Black Hawk Down situation of American soldiers being dragged through the streets. And I can understand that. But everyone who, who signed up, because we do have an all-volunteer military, everyone who signed up knew a day might come where they'd be called to go defend the helpless, to go defend Americans in time of need. Y you can't be worried about optics. That's always what Democrats do. They care about optics. Like, there, there, was, a, there was a passage from Susan Rice's, um, not, not, not Susan Rice, from... Uh, from uh, a book, I forget the I forget the author, but they were in the room when uh, Susan Rice was negotiating and, and trying to figure out what to do about Rwanda. And when it came time to talk about should the United States go in, Susan Rice, who was a, a lower level official at the time in the Clinton administration, she is alleged to have said, and this is published in a book, that she didn't want to go in until they figured out what the optics would be like for the midterm elections. I mean, this is something Democrats do. They they brush aside genocide, they brush aside ethnic cleansing, crimes against humanity, and they look at it through the lens of politics. Oh no, we we can't go. We can't send troops into into Kabul. No, can't do it. Yeah, W. Sheridan in the D Live comment section. U.S. military would probably love it. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be a lot of people who love it too. Because yeah, you're right. Rules of engagement at that point go out the window. Shoot on sight. They, they the first time. They'd actually be allowed to win a war would be after Joe Biden already lost it. But yeah, so I just want to make sure everyone understands when they say that it's not possible, the British are doing it. The British are going through Kabul and they're and they're picking up their citizens. And this whole other notion that, oh, 
oh, we, we are broadcasting from the podium so people can see it. What? We covered this a couple days ago. Um, we couple, covered this a couple days ago. Let me make sure my, uh, yeah, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is what, this is what it looked like the day before the Taliban took Kabul. Kabul? I, I keep on mispronouncing it. This is what state TV looked like the day before. And this is what it looked like the day after. Going to go out on a limb and say Muhammad bin Muhammad, or whatever his name is, isn't exactly giving people the State Department press briefings. Going to go out on a limb and say that Taliban-controlled TV isn't giving people a direct feed into the State Department. I imagine they have some different programming that they have planned for their people. But that's what she actually said. We come live from, from the podium every day so they can see us. What? Come on! It's, it's almost like they don't want to do their job and they've spent the last week, instead of doing their job, they've spent the last week trying to come up with as many ex excuses as possible so they don't have to do the job. Oh, we don't have to go save Americans because we're, we're doing these press conferences. They're watching. Surely they're watching. Forget about Mohammed bin Mohammed or whatever his name is. I'm sure that he's going to cut away from their educational Sharia programming to cover our press briefings. Yeah, they'll see it. They'll see it. It's on the internet. Forget about the fact that Afghanistan is a third world country. And even today, footage we get out of there looks like it was filmed on a potato. Forget about that. They'll see it. It's, it's in the internet. They'll find it. They'll find it. And then they say, we take this down. And then they say, oh, well, we only are able to contact the people we have their emails for. So that's the new, that's the new delineator that we're going to save as many Americans as possible, but only the Americans who gave us their email address. Come on. You know where the people are. You know where the Americans are. And if you don't, then shame on the intelligence establishment. Maybe they should do less, spend less time spying on us and more time trying to figure out what's actually going on in country. So no, we're all, we, listen, some people didn't give us their email, so they're just going to get left behind. This is what I, this is what I said earlier. Joe Biden, we know Joe Biden's a mess. But how could he have hired so many other people who are a complete mess to be press secretaries? Like how? How? So in the context of already knowing that the British are doing it, here's our Secretary of Defense saying that the United States doesn't have the capacity to do what the British are doing. Let's play cut number nine. But that doesn't answer the question. I mean, you're still saying you're focused on the airfield. They, these people can't get into the airfield. Well, we're going to do everything we can to uh, continue to try to uh, deconflict uh, and and create uh, uh, passageways for them to get to the airfield. I don't have the capability to go out and and extend operations currently into uh, into uh, Kabul. And and where do you take that? I mean, how far can you extend into Kabul? You know, and uh, and and how long does it take to flow those forces in? to be able to do that. So it sounds like you're saying this depends on diplomacy with the Taliban. That's it. That's our only option, is getting them to agree to do this. Well, let me add something here. <laughs> I mean, He's stunned. And we'll play that again. I didn't realize that was on the end of that clip. How, how far are we going to go in? And how long is it going to take to fly those people in? It's the same freaking answer they gave to Benghazi. Oh, no, we didn't have time. We didn't have time. I mean, we, we've talked with, with Tig about it. You've all seen the movie. It's 13 hours. They had 13 hours to launch sorties, 
to, to, to get people onto those planes and into Benghazi. They had 13 hours. They didn't have time because they didn't even bother, right? Because every time someone said, hey, we should go, someone else said, no, we shouldn't. So when you, when you see the, the Secretary of Defense say we don't have the capacity, meanwhile, the UK is doing it. So we don't have the capacity. And listen, how long would it take to fly people in? And then remember that Joe Biden just said we couldn't have done it any better. Well, no, you could have done it better. You could have flown the troops in beforehand, or you could have not removed them until all of the civilians were out, which is what Trump's plan was. But he abandoned Trump's plan because orange man's bad. It's stupid, but that's the logic. That's the Biden logic. So he pulls the troops out, puts in just enough to secure the airfields, and now they say they don't have enough time to get more troops in? So how does that work? Because Joe Biden last night actually corrected the rest of his press secretaries and said they're not going to leave until they get every American out. So how does that work? How is Joe Biden saying they're not going to leave? It's not a hard deadline of August 31st, which is what other press secretaries were saying, that they can only commit to be there till August 31st. Joe Biden, right or wrong, said um, we're going to stay there until we get everyone out. But then you have the Secretary of Defense saying, oh, we don't have time. It would take too long to get the soldiers in necessary to get everyone out. So on the one hand, you have Joe Biden saying we're going to stay there until we get everyone out. And then on the other hand, you have the Secretary of Defense refusing to even commit to doing what's necessary to get people out because of timetables. Like what what the hell? What, what I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And this is what happens when you are a mess of an administration. And you're trying like I don't want to give them any advice because you don't give your enemy advice when they're when they're failing, but they should have ran all of this through one spokesperson. When you have State Department, when you have the White House um, press secretary, when you have the DOD, and when you have the president of the United States all putting out conflicting messages, you get this this mess. You get this mess. But no, we're, we we don't have the capacity to do what the British are doing. Even though the British were able to fly their paratroopers in, we can't because. Um, they don't have a reason. It's just it would take too long. It would take too long. Sorry. It would take too long. I want to play that. Oh, I want to play that again. Because I want you to see the stunned reaction from the sec def's face. As that reporter says, basically, she says, basically, so we're, we're relying on diplomacy with the Taliban in order to get Americans out. I want to play that again just because it was a really good moment. Watch him just completely flabbergasted. Let's play cut number 11. And, and where do you take that? I mean, how far can you extend into Kabul, you know, and, uh, and, and how long does it take to flow those forces in to be able to do that? So it sounds like you're saying this depends on diplomacy with the Taliban. That's it. That's our only option, is getting them to agree to do this. Well, let me add something here, Helene. Um, we got a couple of uh, entry control points set up. Oh, that's um, kind of... North one, east one. Yeah. SecDef. He's looking around like, uh, someone going to help me? No, you're the cabinet secretary. No one's going to help you. It's a, it's a legitimate question from a reporter, or from a press corps that apparently just discovered how to do their job. Thank goodness. But he's looking at me like, oh, that was a really hard question. I don't have an answer for that. She's technically right. The, the most powerful fighting force on, on, in the world has ever seen. We're relying on permission slips from a bunch of goat herders and terrorists that don't even know how to read. Wow, that's a good question. I don't really want to answer that. 
That's what you just saw. I, I, I wish we didn't have to talk about this, but every day they keep coming out with this crap and we have to cover it because yeah, the media is doing a good job, but people aren't seeing the complete, complete cluster F that this administration is. And the American lives are in the balance. That's why I freaked out yesterday on that troll who called in. Because this, this is a show not talking about political gamesmanship. We were talking about Americans stuck behind enemy lines and we had a troll call in. That's, that's what the Democrats think about that. That's what the left thinks about that. They don't care about the Americans stuck behind enemy lines. They don't care. Why would they care? <laughs> Why would they care? One more clip from SecDef. And this one <laughs> got me pretty stunned. This is a clip of the Secretary of Defense asking for a safe space. Yeah, you, you heard that correctly. The Secretary of Defense, the SecDef, man in charge of the entire U.S. military, the Pentagon, with the exception of the Coast Guard, that's under DHS. Every other military branch is under his control. He has powers we don't even know about. He, he has weaponry that isn't even released to the public yet. If he actually wanted to win a war, there is no war out there that is unwinnable. Again, we pay more for our military budget than every other nation combined. And the SecDef, on camera, asked for people to give him a safe space so he could process everything. Play cut number 12. Now, Afghan war veterans aren't some monolith. I'm hearing strong views from all sides on, the, on this issue, and that's probably the way that it should be. What's important is that each of us will work our way through this in our own way. And we need to respect that, and we need to give one another the time and space to help do it. Got to give everyone the time and space to work through this their own way. No, you're the Secretary of Defense. You don't get to go in a, in a dark room and hug your teddy bear and hope everything's going to be okay. No, the people who are freaking out, the people who feel betrayed, the people having panic attacks watching the news, they're, 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 that's happening to them because of your incompetence. You don't get to ask for a safe space. You don't get cuddle time, snuggle time. This is the Secretary of Defense. We all need space and time to process this. There's no time. As we've heard from all of his uh, subordinates, this is a very fluid and dynamic situation. There's no time for cuddles. There's no time for nap time. There's no time for going into a corner. And, and, and recomposing. You're the sec def. The Secretary of Defense. Asking for a safe space. Let me know if I got that wrong. I'm, I, that sounds like he's asking for a safe space. He's asking for the space and the time to process this in his own way. And, then, and you wonder, you wonder why the world is laughing at us. You wonder why China is moving into Taiwan. You wonder why Russia is now looking at other satellite former Soviet states say, well, which ones can we pick off next? Because the Secretary of Defense is talking about safe spaces. Yeah, Sven says, woo, nap time. Yeah, I, I could use a nap. I've been going through clips all morning. All morning. Mr. Producer, you, you can, you can uh, attest to this. We got like 20 clips to play this, this show. 20 clips like eight to 10 images. I spent all morning, just when you think 
just when I thought, okay, this is the show. I know what we're going to talk about. This is the show. We got it. I'd say, well, let me just see if anything else happened. And I'd find something else that's worse than everything else. Because, you know, <laughs> I could use a nap. I could use it, but there's no nap time. There's no nap time for me, and there's certainly no nap time for the secta. But that's what he's asking for. That's what he wants. Unbelievable. Here's another one of those spokespeople admitting they do not know how many Americans are stuck. Let's go back. We're going to play cut number 10. Today, how many Americans, uh, American citizens remain in, in Afghanistan? I don't know. So, so, hey. so you're, I mean, you're planning for these operations and you should be, you know, have some kind of account of how many Americans are whether in harm's way or need to be evacuated, right? I think, as you probably know, um, uh, I mean, first of all, the, the State Department would be a better place to go for an estimate of how many Americans are Afghanistan or in and around Kabul. That is not a figure that the United States military would would know. And, um, and I think, as you also know, not every American citizen in another country, uh, uh, th there's no obligation that they register their presence uh, and and that we and that you can have a, a perfect accurate count but I, I don't have that figure and i would refer you to my state department colleagues for the best estimate on that so we don't know we don't know and listen it, it might not be something that the pentagon and the defense intelligence agency and the other defense intelligence branches they might not know but i'll tell you what if an american hops on a plane and flies to Afghanistan and doesn't notify the government, the government's gonna watch them. D does anyone seriously think that an American living in today's day and age can buy a plane ticket online using a credit card, right? Do all the searches for like, oh, we're going to Afghanistan, show up at the airport, go through custom, <laughs> like go through security. They say, oh, he's going to Afghanistan. Get on the plane, land in Afghanistan, go through their customs, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. No, of course they know who's in Afghanistan. Now, it's entirely possible someone might have snuck into Afghanistan. That is definitely possible. But one or two? For everyone else, yes, there are no surprise visits to Afghanistan. The U.S. government knows. The U.S. government absolutely knows. So we just got hit with YouTube's content protection enforcement because apparently, no, everything here has been fair use. So we're going to take a real quick break. And during this break, I'm going to try and get our Facebook stream brought back because they're now claiming that we don't have the right to air the footage we've been airing. Um, so I'm going to try and do that on this real quick break. Oh, this I think this is from yesterday. Oh, no, this is from today. This is from today. Um, I'm going to submit a dispute right now. So we'll be right back on the other side of this quick break. Don't go anywhere. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. 
We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.